NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota racing team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like sixth grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Nice and clean, execute our race. For ourselves in position, got to be there at the end. Yep, copy that. Have a nice, smooth day and try to be there when it counts. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. New McDonald, he's going to get turned. Ryan Blaney, Denny Hamlin across the line. Denny Hamlin will go back to back. It was unfortunate uh, we didn't, I didn't. No, I, you know, certainly had it, had I known, I just drove, drove straight victory lane and, and, you know, called it a day. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our string. And by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast and you won't stink. From the MRN Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew with you reflecting back on the 2020 racing season. We are in best of mode. We're going to look back at some of the best and brightest points of the 2020 season, as you heard them here on NASCAR Live. And we're going to get right to it. First up, let's revisit how NASCAR kicked off its 2020 season with the Daytona 500. We flash back to NASCAR Live on February 18th with a backtracks from the great American race. Drivers, this is President Trump, and it was an honor to open the Daytona 500. Have a phenomenal day. Have a great race. Be safe. God bless you. We love you. Lights out. We're ready to go. The 62nd running of the great American race, the Daytona 500. Race cars away. Five away. Ready. Ready. Green, 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 green. Well, we've got a penalty already, and it was on Jimmy Johnson's team. We've got a too many men over the wall penalty, so we will have to drop to the rear. Go and check your belts and your wheel for me, please, to make sure all is well. Clock on the William Byron gets served. He'll slide down to the inside of the racetrack. Matter of fact, he'll slam hard into the wall right at our feet. It's hurt pretty bad there in the front, Chad. Stenhouse set down the block to 10 and ran into us and said, Did William Blocker did you just swipe him? I think he kind of swiped him. Uh, I don't know if he was trying to save fuel or what, but the 47 got a big run towards us, and I don't know if we turned or if he turned us. First checkered flag of the Daytona 500 will be green and white. It's waving at the start-finish line, and Chase Elliott will get there first. In line, in line, in line, in line. Going to be fine. All good, bud. Good job, buddy. Nice work. The fuel is closed, so just watch your fuel and be ready for your switch. Coming. Up front, Denny Hamlin will score his first stage win here at Daytona. Look to the top, top, 
Bottles left coming. Bottom. Roll out. Save. Roll out. Save. Stage two. Winner. Denny Hamlin. Right in the middle of pit road. Somebody has left one of the fueling cans. Not sure whose can that is, but there's a fueling can in the middle of pit road. Dylan Welch. Yeah, Posty. Martin Shrex Jr. ran into it. That'll be all right, mate. We'll get back there. Maybe this will be a blessing in disguise. Maybe we should just hang out at the back for a little bit if you think that's a safe one. The only option now. Yeah, I think we do that. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. went to driver's left. Blaney thought about a block, thought better, kept his car in the middle, and Stenhouse went below the double yellow line. And, and it doesn't matter if it's all four wheels. By rule, if you put the left side tires on the yellow paint and advance your position, you will be penalized. Black flag came out. Here's another black flag that's going to be put out again. Pass through penalty for passing below the yellow line. It's either crashing or not. Pass through penalty all the way through. Pass through next time. Pass through has to be next time. Jimmy Johnson looking to lead the Daytona 500, and he will do exactly that because a number of cars are going to come to pit road. Two meter, 48. Five lined up in your mirror. All Chevrolet's behind you. Keep it fast on the bottom. Before I touched it with my left front fender, I'm not sure if we got any damage there. Yeah, we saw it. Looks good. Oh, no trouble back straightaway. Brad Keselowski gets turned, and the field is flying apart. Like the tan hit us too hard. It looks pretty bad. It won't move. Yeah, you're sitting. Uh, the rear tires are off the ground. It looks pretty bad, but we'll see what happens when we get it rolling. Love an effort today, boys. We'll uh, go get them next week. Thanks, everybody. Great run down there, guys. Great run. Front of the pack literally disintegrated. Jimmy Johnson is at rest over here at the entrance of turn number three. Keep trying to cycle it. Don't get out of the car yet until you get it fired. Yeah, don't get out. Tell me when we can we get dragged or not. Yeah, we can get pushed. Let's get pushed if we can. Don't let them raise the hood. Do not let them raise the hood. They need to push you. Try to set them. It's like the starter bin. Pit We'll just get them to push you and get you to fire it up. Who else? What, who missed? Martin Truex Jr. Can we fix it? Oh, here we pretty straight. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, I think I can keep going. I'm not sure how many flats I got, but I got. I don't know. I guess I'll keep going. Twenty gauges. I think I got all leak or something. Yeah, I think we just blew up. What's your oil pressure gauge say? Yeah, it's going down at 22 now, 21, uh, 26, 28. Yeah, okay, wait. Tell you what, guys, I was looking at Kyle Busch's car. Originally said he had a right rear tire going down. I believe I was wrong about that. It looks like it's an engine for the 18 car. We saw the smoke coming out of the right rear corner. He slowed down, went to the apron. Smoke is pretty heavy. I don't think it'll make it. Go home. 10-4, 10-4. Don't oil the track now. Priest to the outside of Hamlin and they're crashing. Legato is in it. You okay? Yeah, get my breath. Yeah. I come and see you. I'll roll around here. Yeah, make sure you have brakes. Make sure you have brakes and everything. It's pretty bad on the right side, guys. You got to pick up for sure if you got to jack it up. Get some tires on it here. We cross the line. I got a lot of damage. I mean, I've KO'd it. I hit a ton. Checkered flag is waving at the start-finish line. Who will get here first? Newman down. Oh, he's going to get turned. Ryan Blaney, Denny Hamlin across the line. Denny Hamlin will go back-to-back. Back. Keep coming. Side round, side round, side round. Hell yeah! We got it! Holy f***, you're the damn man. You are the Daytona King, my friend. Nice work. Yeah! We got it! I hope the six is all right. It's a bad wreck, but we got it, man. Coming up, we'll hear from Denny Hamlin and his post-race Daytona 500 interview, and later, we'll hear from Ryan Newman. Progressive presents The Sounds of the Old World. 
The year is 2019, and someone is getting up to use the bathroom at the stadium. Excuse me. Excuse me. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. Mind if I just squeeze by here? This has been The Sounds of the Old World. Brought to you by Progressive, where drivers can still switch and save like it's 2019. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. The 1993 Cup Series season had more than its fair share of twists and turns. Dale Earnhardt and Mark Martin had a problem here yesterday, got together. That's Dale Earnhardt. He shouldn't even been messing with me in the first place, and so I flipped the script on him, and what does he do? Wipe us out. Here's stories you've never heard before in a 10-part series called the 1993 season. So Dale comes over and I said, what did Mark say? He said he wouldn't talk to me. So Mark goes on to win four races in a row after that. You can download it for free on iTunes and at MRN.com right now. Denny Hamlin's post-Daytona 500 interview next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. If you suffer from heartburn or other digestive-related disorders, then there is a new, safe, better, and natural alternative to better digestive wellness and heartburn relief. Praxid not only provides relief of heartburn, but Praxid takes a 360-degree approach to support better digestion, protect you from harmful bacteria, and also balance your stomach to improve digestive functions. We like to think of it as the multivitamin of digestive health. It's the only product to combine all natural ingredients known for the digestive health properties into a single patented product. Praxid also comes in easy-to-carry packs. Praxid relieves, restores, and maintains a healthy digestive system. Praxid is available here for only $39.95. Shipping and handling is free, and your money back is guaranteed. To take advantage of this special radio offer, call now, 1-800-829-5688. That's 1-800-829-5688. Again, 1-800-829-5688. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to the best of NASCAR Live 2020. We continue revisiting the Daytona 500 week with Denny Hamlin. MRN's Woody Kane had a chance to sit down and chat with the three-time Daytona 500 champion. And here is that interview from February 18th. Denny, uh, congratulations are certainly in order, but uh, it's a swirl of emotions around everything that happened at the end of that race. We got some pretty good news late today on uh, Ryan Newman's condition, but I wanted to start off uh, by talking with you guys uh, about what happened uh, at the end of that race because, you know, you're doing donuts and you're celebrating. You think, way we won the Daytona 500, and people are climbing all over you guys, and I think it's a little bit out of line because people don't really have a concept of how gigantic that place is and all the swirl that goes along. Take us through the end of that race and, and let folks know what really happened there. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was pretty simple and straightforward from our standpoint. Uh, once we crossed the line, um, you know, obviously we were congratulations all and all that going on the radio. And then I go down the lug nut check, you know, which is, you know, pretty normal. I like to get that done and then kind of go celebrate. As I'm going out out of lug nut check, uh, my spotter says, hey, just make sure you leave room for the uh, safety vehicles uh, going to the crash in turn one or towards turn one. And so, you know, of course, wrecks happen all the time at mm-hmm. Daytona, especially at the end. And I don't know the severity of it. Uh, so I go to the, you know, go through the grass, been out a few times, and then I'm looking around like, well, where's Jamie Little at? Like, we're supposed to be doing an interview here at the finish line. So mm-hmm. I just sat in my car for a second and waited on her and then, uh, I saw the crew guys kind of rushing out there, and so I got out of the car, and, and we all gave hugs and everything. And then I, 
realized, well, I don't think we're doing this interview. So she came by and was like, hey, just go straight to Victory Lane. And that's when they told me that uh, what was all going on with Ryan. So, uh, you know, it was unfortunate uh, we didn't, you know, I didn't know. I, you know, certainly had had I known, I just drove, drove straight to Victory Lane and, you know, called it a day. But, uh, yeah, I just, I wasn't, I didn't know anything that was going on. and. It really was, but at least we got a little bit of encouraging news late today, and uh, this is really one of those uh, events that shows you how tight the NASCAR community is, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we all, you know, he's a father with two girls. I got two girls, and so it all kind of puts it, you know, in perspective of, you know, you know, you got to cherish every moment. You never know, you know, right? We, we take these cars for granted that they're super safe, and mm-hmm. we've been very fortunate for the last, you know, nearly 20 years, but you just never know when something, uh, a freak accident could happen, similar to what happened with Ryan, where he, he turned over and, you know, had a car hit him at probably the exact wrong spot that, that you would want to get hit in, uh, in a very vulnerable place. Let's talk a little bit about the race itself, because three out of the last five Daytona 500 trophies are now yours, and you've kind of become the super speedway whisperer here. What have you done to get to this point where you can kind of figure your way through all this and navigate your way to the end of these super speedway races, especially at Daytona, because it's a a different beast than you see week to week? Yeah, I mean, we've just been on an incredible run the last, you know, nine years or so maybe eight or nine years with having like seven top fives in the last nine years it's been it's something crazy uh, you know something i never would envision but uh, we just got on a run there and it seems like you know we've we've found a knack or we've, we've been really lucky one of the two of, of being able to get to the end of these things and i probably could have or should have been in, in a few of the wrecks that were there yesterday and and just we found our 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 way around it you know we get to the end i I feel confident that you know i've got enough of a notebook from from past years that that i I know what kind of moves i need to make to to try to get a victory and you know really i use a lot of you know with ryan right there at the start finish line um you know kind of sucked him back similar to what I did at Truex right before the start finish line in 2016. You know, we, we talk about these races all the time and, and you kind of got teased a little bit after a comment you made at, at Daytona media day about kind of being able to sense when things were about to go awry, but there, there really is something to that. Isn't there? What did you mean by that? Because I think the guys who really have success at these tracks can kind of feel when something is not quite right. Yeah. I mean, you just kind of can sense it. Can use your, eyes to see that you know the intensity is getting ramped up and really once we got inside that last fuel window inside inside of stage three i was in places i didn't want to be i mean i was literally about to bail out of the pack because i could just sense that we we were not going to be able to continue to sustain the the moves that we were all making like somebody was going to make a mistake and and push too hard or mm-hmm. get too close and, and cause a wreck and i mean it happened i just happened to be able to squeak through it um and so uh, I was really fortunate there, but, you know, it's it, the racing in the first two stages is so different than it is in the first, in the last, you know, 30, 40 laps of the race that it's, it's an entirely different race and you have to position yourself before that even happens. Coming up, you'll hear from Ryan Newman and later we'll honor Jimmy Johnson.
Whelan designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, trusted to perform. Check out MRN.com for a podcast series called The Tough Trucks of NASCAR. 25 years and still trucking. We'll take you back to some great races. Here they come. They're crashing in the back at the line. Mike Skinner wins it. Some wild moments. Brendan Gaughan gets turned around and slams hard into the inside retaining wall. And the stories that go with them. We lost the championship, but there was a lot of ugly things that went on behind the scenes. Ended a lot of friendships, actually, to this day. Download the shows for free on iTunes and at MRN.com. Here, our interview with Ryan Newman covering his amazing comeback next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Citywide to countryside. Whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there, no matter where the road takes you. Go to HerculesTire.com. There, you can find the nearest authorized Hercules retail location to you. Plus, you can use the tire tracker to find out which Hercules tire fits your vehicle the best. That's HerculesTire.com. Hercules Tires. Ride on our strength. When you're on the go, missing the side-by-side action at the racetrack isn't a problem. Here comes Logano on the high side. He drives it deep into turn number two. Motor Racing Network brings the NASCAR race to you, wherever you are, so you don't miss one lap of the excitement. Denny Hamlin has won the 61st edition of the Daytona 500. You are the man, D.H. The power of radio to the imagination of the listener. Tune in to the Motor Racing Network. Visit MRN.com for an affiliate list in your local area. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to the best of NASCAR Live 2020. A big piece of the Daytona 500 was Ryan Newman's terrifying crash. We were all very thankful when he walked out of the hospital a few days later. He only missed three races and returned to racing when the season resumed at Darlington. MRN's Kurt Becker talked with the veteran later in the season about his return. Here's that conversation from September 1st. You know, something that has always been curious to me is the fact that when you started your racing career, you started in the quarter midgets, midget cars, the silver crown cars. Yet from a young age, you were on record as saying that you wanted to drive full-bodied stock cars. What was it about stock car racing that appealed so much to you from the outset? <laughs> yeah, it's a long story. My dad and I used to race slot cars when I was a kid. And the slot cars that were the most fun were the stock cars. And the only way, uh, well, I shouldn't say it, the, the, the most fun that we had was going door handle to door handle and uh, racing side by side. And you could knock the guy on the inside, could knock the guy on the outside off. And, um, you know, that was fun. And you could do that with an Indy car, but you couldn't go door handle to door handle. So I just... I don't know, I've always watched and enjoyed stock car racing on TV as a fan, uh, more so than any car racing, and that's why that was my desire. Let's talk about the, the 2020 Daytona 500. I, I know that when when the announcers and the sportscasters, when they can be very descriptive, but when they say that 
your car has launched skyward and you've landed on your roof. That's obviously not the kind of description one wants to hear. Do you remember much specifically about the accident coming to the checkered flag? And if not, what, what is the last thing that you remember happening in that, in that race? I don't remember any part of it. I remember having shrimp with my parents at their house about 20 minutes from the racetrack uh, for lunch that day and don't remember anything after that. I'm not, I'm not really sure um, about anything that happened in the race, um, you know, anything that I did or didn't do, um, and I don't have any recollection uh, of anything in the hospital until I walked out of the hospital, which sounds kind of crazy. Why would they let you get up and walk around to walk out? But that's just the way the, in my opinion, the medication and or the injury worked for me. That picture, as you, you referenced, walking out of the hospital and your daughters, one on either side, holding you by the hand. Was there any concern as the days unfolded after that situation, as a parent, as a father, if, uh, if your kids come to you and say, Dad, why do you want to keep getting into a race car? Were you afraid you might have to have a discussion about why you keep doing what you do? Yeah, I, I never was questioned that by them um, or anybody around me that loved me. Uh, and not that, not to say that other people that have questioned that to me don't love me or understand me, but the reality is, is um, I, I think that they know me and they know me better. And uh, once I give you that answer, you get it. I, I feel like I was, I was um, put on this earth for multiple reasons, and I was saved that day for multiple reasons. And the primary reason being my daughters and um you know i think that that part of it also is is to continue to do what i love um you know that's what god has us on earth for is to make an impact and do what we love um and that's one of the reasons at least and um i feel like um my kids are a big part of that uh, my driving career is a big part of that and um i'm blessed to be able to have the opportunity probably not not till next year of them getting back to the racetrack to enjoy what I do. And I know it's something that they enjoy as well. And, and um, again, it's, I, I feel safer in a race car than I do driving down the street or walking someplace just in general. And when it's your time, it's your time. And fortunately uh, for at least the ones that I love, it wasn't my time in February. Is that the, is the same, is it, is it a two way street? Because when, when you have kids and they grow up around the sport, if, if one of your daughters or both of your daughters suppose the day comes, if they say, you know, Dad, I would like to be a racer. I'd like to get in a race car. Can you give them that same support and can you have that same level of confidence as a dad? Undoubtedly. Um, my oldest daughter wants to do that. And it's a challenge for me with all the things going on in the world to make that happen for her. Um, it's not because I'm selfish and want to do what I do for myself. It's because of all the other things going on in the world to, uh, to get her some time um, to experience racing. Um, you know, she, I think she genuinely has a passion and wants to be a race car driver, but she hasn't got the true taste of it yet. They say if it's in your blood, it's in your blood, but she hasn't got a chance to, to sample it, um, at least the way I feel like she needs to. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I want her to do and be good at whatever she loves in life. And it's not about the money. It's about the ability to, to create a living and um, enjoy life. And that doesn't have one zero or seven zeros behind it. When you were a kid and your racing career began, 
your mom, your dad, your sister, the family was all involved with you as, as your career developed. Were there lessons that you learned from a family aspect during that time in your life that serve you well as a father now at this time in your life? Without a doubt. I mean, it's uh, you're a product of your environment, and I was blessed with a great family. Uh, as you said, my dad, my mom, my sister, and even my extended family who came to the racetrack and, and supported me and um, had my back when doing what I loved. Granted, they enjoyed it too, otherwise they wouldn't have came and then done what they did, supporting me by pushing my car around or cleaning it up or knocking the mud off at a dirt track. I mean, you name it. Um, but I, I think that um, my, my kids um, are the same way and they're a generation younger, not a generation older. And, and they, they support me just as I support them in the things that they do. And that's, that's part of what true love is. Coming up, we'll have a tribute for seven-time Cup Series champion Jimmy Johnson and later an interview with old seven-time. Today's broadcast is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Hey, this is Steve Post, the Postman with MRN. You've heard the jingle, I've heard the jingle, and I tried a premium queen my pillow. I've also tried the mattress topper and bed sheets as well, and I am sleeping like a champion. Right now, go to MyPillow.com, use promo code MRN, and they will take $40 off each pillow. That's down to $29.98, a small price to pay for a great night of sleep. And there's no limit on this offer, so get multiple pillows for yourself and for those you love. They make great Christmas gifts. A good night's sleep makes life simply better, and this is the lowest price ever. Again, go to MyPillow.com, use promo code MRN, or call 800-893-0986. That's MyPillow.com. Use promo code MRN or call 800-893-0986. Don't delay. Order now. Hear our tribute to Jimmy Johnson next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Are you ready? To help children forget about their serious medical conditions so they can just be a kid. Then support Victory Junction, which is the dream of late race driver Adam Petty, who wanted to build a camp where children concentrate on fun and laughter, not illness or disability. At Victory Junction, kids enjoy zip lining, horseback riding, swimming, fishing, all in a medically safe environment, all at no cost to the camper. What do you say, Richard Petty? Let's do this. Learn more at victoryjunction.org. Clutch Coffee Bar in Mooresville, North Carolina is redefining the drive through coffee game in Race City, USA. The Clutch experience is fast, friendly, and delicious. Clutch Coffee Bar offers signature lattes and mochas, custom-flavored infused energy drinks, smoothies, and more. You can also order our signature Clutch Coffee beans online and have them shipped directly to you. Go to clutchcoffeebar.com or visit our two locations in Mooresville, 356 Williamson Road and 154 West Plaza Drive. Power up today with Clutch Coffee Bar. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to the best of NASCAR Live. All eyes were on Jimmy Johnson this season as it was his last full-time season in 2020. And as things wound down, we had a chance to catch up with Jimmy and a chance to pay tribute to him and his successes. Let's flash back now to November 3rd. 
Butler pacing down the back straightaway, the super stretch, and turned it over now to Jimmy Johnson, who is now at the front of the field. Jimmy announcing his retirement back in December. This will be the last full-time season for the driver of the number 48 Chevrolet. Truthfully, like a feeling showed up, and, and that kind of was in the October time frame, and it was crazy to me that once that feeling showed up, like I... I knew, and it was time to go. 83 wins in all. His first win came at the Auto Club Speedway of Southern California back in 2002. And in only the 13th start of his NASCAR Winston Cup Series career, Jimmy Johnson is going to victory lane at California. After the race, just the relief to really hit my childhood dream, which was to win a cup race, uh, was massive for me, and it brought me a lot of confidence as a driver, and it also kind of calmed me down because I, I, I had a lot of pressure on my shoulders at the time. Um, being handpicked by Jeff Gordon, being in his equipment. And in my heart, I felt like if I didn't win that rookie year, I'd probably be looking for a job. So uh, there was a huge sense of relief when that was done. Well, Rick, you and, you and Jeff Gordon picked another winner for your stable. I'll tell you what, he's an awesome guy. He's an awesome driver. Couldn't be happy for Lowe's. And, oh, Bob Tillman, I hope you're listening. You guys had faith in him, and he did it. Great job. Jeff Gordon across the line. For the well, I, I saw him doing a lot with um, a lot less equipment than some of his competitors. I thought, wow, if we could give him the kind of equipment I've been driving, just imagine what he can do. Of course, none of us expected it to turn out quite the way that it has. Seven championships, including five in a row. The man has done it all behind the wheel. Jimmy Johnson wins at Homestead and scores on history-making seventh championship. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yes! Yes! I don't even know what to say. Yes! It, it means the world to me to tie Earnhardt and Petty. These guys are uh, legends of our sport, grew our sport, and made it what it is today. For guys like myself to come along and compete, I am so thankful for their legacy, for their families, their dedication to the sport, and the opportunities that's provided me and my family. And to join those guys, man, I, I just hope I can I can carry the banner, carry the torch as they have. Um, this is just absolutely incredible. Checkered flag in the air, and Alex Bowman has won. The, the biggest thing for me about Jimmy is just the person that he is. He's got more accomplishments and more success than than anybody that is currently driving in the Cup Series, and, and he's still the most humble person there and, and one of the best, probably the best human being uh, in the garage area. So just the person that he is and, and the way he carries himself has been the, the biggest takeaway for me. But it's going to be Chase Elliott. He's going to do it again. I think we all forget he has not been around that long. I mean, you're talking a guy who was a rookie, right, in the early 2000s. And, you know, he's, this is, I think he said a minute ago, his 16th season, and he's won seven of those. So that, that's pretty an incredible feat, you know, at that. Obviously, seven is seven, but to do it in the short amount of time he's done it is, is really impressive. So certainly something to look up to and, you know, try to chase after. Another big-time win, half a lap away, Jimmy Johnson in a turn three. Obviously, Jimmy was not a polarizing personality. In his, what, 23-year NASCAR career, you can count the number of controversies on the fingers of no hands. The closest he ever came to a scandal was the time he fell off a golf cart and broke his arm during the offseason one year with alcohol possibly being a factor. Other than that, he was the consummate professional. Jimmy Johnson's going to win the 48th Daytona 500. Rick Hendrick coming in here giving him a big hug. I think they respect him now and they they look at what he's accomplished and uh, I, I feel like he, I think, I still say that Jimmy's going to get 
more credit when he's done than he'll get when he's driving. But uh, to look at what he's accomplished, uh, it's, it's pretty remarkable what he has done. And uh, the people that don't know, that, that don't like Jimmy Johnson, don't know Jimmy Johnson. For all the good he's done to mentor so many young people, young drivers, uh, and uh, still does today. Coming up, we've got Jimmy's interview with Jeff Striegel, and later we look at some of the closest finishes in NASCAR history. Rusty Wallace here for Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief. This pain cream is the official pain cream of NASCAR for a reason. It works fast, and you won't stink. There's no messy, greasy, nasty feel or any stinging or burning here. This is pure pain relief. Don't run your engine on Octane 89. Get the good stuff and meet me in Victory Lane. Blue Emu works fast, and you won't stink. Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of NASCAR. Whelan designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, trusted to perform. We talked with Jimmy Johnson in the final few races of his full-time NASCAR career. Hear that interview next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. If you suffer from heartburn or other digestive-related disorders, then there is a new, safe, better, and natural alternative to better digestive wellness and heartburn relief. Praxid not only provides relief of heartburn, but Praxid takes a 360-degree approach to support better digestion, protect you from harmful bacteria, and also balance your stomach to improve digestive functions. We like to think of it as the multivitamin of digestive health. It's the only product to combine all natural ingredients known for the digestive health properties into a single patented product. Praxid also comes in easy-to-carry packs. Praxid relieves, restores, and maintains a healthy digestive system. Praxid is available here for only $39.95. Shipping and handling is free, and your money back is guaranteed. To take advantage of this special radio offer, call now, 1-800-829-5688. That's 1-800-829-5688. Again, 1-800-829-5688. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. The best of NASCAR Live 2020 continues. So glad you're with us this week here on NASCAR Live. Our celebration of Jimmy Johnson in his final full-time season continued all year, but on November 3rd, we shared his last full interview with the Motor Racing Network. I know there's a lot left in the racing career for you, but do you ever stop long enough to reflect back at all that you've accomplished so far? I'm trying to right now. And I feel like if this year was as intended and COVID didn't happen, I would have a much deeper, richer experience. But I have had a great one. And being honored in so many ways at the various tracks, social media and uh, the fans reaching out, my partners and sponsors are doing neat things on social right now. NASCAR just did something recently. You know, I'm seeing these things and it is helping me take it in and I'm, I'm finally allowing myself to do it. 
the time is right. But let's jump way ahead now to 2016. They've been fighting adversity all weekend long. They've come through every one of the problems, and they come home victorious. Jimmy Johnson wins at Homestead and scores on history-making seventh championship. How do you remember that day? That was a special day, and one that I don't know how people feel about this or if they've had an experience of it, but as that race unfolded and I took the lead on the back straightaway, I felt Ricky Hendrick in the car with me. Mm. And some of you might remember my hashtag was seven, and that was obviously trying to win a seventh championship, but I did it in a way that was very special to Ricky Hendrick and the Hendrick Motorsports and the Hendrick family. And there's this honoring all year long of Ricky that led to that race. And it was just the wildest experience I've, I've ever had in a race car. And when I heard Earl say clear on the back straightaway, um, I swear to you, he was in the race car with me. So uh, to have that emotional and, and I guess maybe spiritual or enlightening moment um, is something I've never had before. So that that really stands out to me. And then just the juxtaposition, you know, I, I thought, it wasn't our night, you know, and up until 10 to go, I was the slowest of the four eligible drivers. So to have that flip from one mindset to the other and the emotions that came with that, and the celebration that followed was pretty epic. Wrapping up this portion, this chapter of your career, it, it, it's not complete unless I get you off the racetrack because that's has meant so much to so many you, Jimmy Johnson, have raised millions of dollars over the course of your career for charities that go around the country, boys and girls clubs, uh, your at-track experiences with, with a variety of different organizations. What was it, Jimmy, that drew you to the idea that you had to do more than just drive a race car? Well, I, I was always kind of drawn to it. In my early days of off-road racing, we would all go in a day early and the garage area would go to a local children's hospital. So at 15, I was traveling to children's hospitals and experiencing you know, what that moment meant to, to so many people that were in need. And you know, I was the logo on the totem pole then and nobody really cared for my autograph, but I could see the impact it had and it, it really meant something to me. So I, I've stayed on that path for a long time. And once I got to Cup, um, Kyle Petty challenged me, and, and not really challenged, but just suggested, said, hey, if you if you really want to do more, you can, and your sponsors and your fans will support you and follow you. And I was like, wow, I hadn't thought of that. So we started the Jimmy Johnson Foundation then and have been able to have a lot of you know, very successful years, and I'm so thankful for the sponsors and fans, make the donations and the in-kind services and everything that's gone on. Um, that is something that's really special to my wife and I, and something that we're now really using to show our kids and how to give back and, and teaching them those life lessons as well. You have millions of race fans around this country, and unfortunately, they have not been able to be with you at the racetrack. They would love to hold up a sign, wave, hold up the 48, uh, and recognize and salute you. How difficult has it been to know that they want to be there and you want them there, but it just can't happen? It is. It really is difficult. And all I can truthfully say and honestly say is just thank you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for uh, being a fan. Thank you for being a fan of NASCAR. Even if you're watching this and you haven't been a fan of the 48, thank you for making this world possible for all of us that live and work in it. 
Um, I, I am truly sorry that I haven't been able to share a lot of these experiences with the fan and the fans and their presence is is so obvious and it's it's such a bummer. Uh, the majority of the year has been without fans. It is nice to see things opening back up and kind of the soul that they bring to the track and the, the energy they bring to the track is, is irreplaceable. So um, just a, a huge thank you. And uh, this isn't the way that they or I wanted it to go down, um, but I, I really do appreciate uh, their support and hope to have your support in the future. Well, I know I can say this on behalf of everyone involved in the sport, NASCAR officials, competitors, media partners, and, of course, the race fans. Thank you, Jimmy Johnson, for everything you've given us over the course of your career. I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you all. Coming up, we remember the closest finishes in NASCAR history, and later we celebrate the 20th anniversary of Dale Earnhardt's last win. I saved big money with the Progressive Home and Auto Bundle, so I finally bought that new set of golf clubs. Watch out, Fairway. Here I come. This is not a real testimonial. Sure, customers can save big with Progressive, but your other expenses won't just disappear. Are those clubs going to help you when the hot water heater dies? Also, it sounds like your money is better spent on golf lessons. Time to go shoot the course record. No, but maybe time for a reality check. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. It's a 400-mile thrill ride. Look at the 76 on the low side. Four, three, two, one, green, green. In a sport where numbers matter, some are more important than others. We're reducing emissions by 43% with Sunoco Green E15 Biofuel. Thousands of trees have been planted in reforestation efforts, and millions of plastics and cans are recycled every day. See how you can help NASCAR reduce its numbers on the environment by visiting nascar.com green today. What are the closest finishes in NASCAR history? You'll hear that next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. For children with chronic medical conditions, Victory Junction means friends, fun, freedom. That's because we provide a medically safe environment where kids who live in a world of hospitals and doctor's visits can laugh, play, and discover all they can be, all at no cost to their families. Victory Junction inspires confidence, builds self-esteem, and changes the life of every camper who comes through our gates. Find out how you can change a child's life. Go to victoryjunction.org. Check out MRN.com for a podcast series called The Tough Trucks of NASCAR. 25 years and still trucking. We'll take you back to some great races. Here they come. They're crashing in the back at the line. Mike Skinner wins it. Some wild moments. Brendan Gaughan gets turned around and slams hard into the inside retaining wall. And the stories that go with them. We lost the championship, but there was a lot of ugly things that went on behind the scenes. Ended a lot of friendships, actually, to this day. Download the shows for free on iTunes and at MRN.com. Wheeland would like to recognize MRN veteran Dave Booty. He is the Wheeland Crew Member of the Week. Always focused on the fans, it's no wonder Moody goes by the nickname The Godfather. That came from John Kernan, who at one point was the midday host on Sirius XM. And the channel had been alive for about five or six years at that point. And, and they asked, I forget what the question was specifically, but a listener asked John Kernan how he got the job or how the channel came to be. And his comment was something along the line that, well, Moody was here first. He's the guy that, you know, chopped down all the trees, dynamited the stumps, plowed the field, picked the rocks, and planted the corn. 
and we just all showed up for Thanksgiving dinner. And somehow from that, he said, he's been the godfather of the channel. He's the guy that started it all for us. And you know how the way listeners are. You say it once, and they just adopt it forever, and it's just been there ever since. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, and trusted to perform. Now, back to your host, Mike Bagley. We continue with the best of NASCAR Live 2020. Talladega's June race resulted in the sixth closest finish in NASCAR history. We were curious what races had been closer than that, and on July 14th, we shared our findings. Kevin Harvick to the bottom of the racetrack. They're stacked up two, three, and four wide behind him, waiting for a run to come. Here it comes. Ryan Blaney to the outside. Harvick will throw the block for the lead, and they're crashing behind them. Blaney put the crossover on him as they crash in three. Blaney inside and past Kevin Harvick. Here comes Ricky Stenhouse from top to bottom. He's on Blaney's tail. Three wide for second, but Blaney leads him off four. Off four for the final time. Racing back to the checkered flag. Blaney out front. He's got to throw the block. He does. Dive down to the inside. Here comes Eric Jones. Here comes John Hunter Nemechek. They're crashing at the line. It is Ryan Blaney by seven one thousandths of a second over Ricky Stenhouse Jr. That thrilling ending at Talladega made waiting an extra day completely worth it. Ryan Blaney beating Ricky Stenhouse Jr. by seven thousandths of a second. That's just inches. It was exciting and exactly what we expect from Talladega. And as jaw-dropping as that finish was, it also made NASCAR history as the sixth closest finish ever. And as if that wasn't enough, it was Ryan Blaney's second time on that list. Just last year, he had another win-by-inches finish at Talladega that ranked seventh. Blaney with a half a car length advantage. Here comes the outside line. Ryan Newman around the outside to the lead. A heck of a push from Denny Hamlin. Ryan Newman is your leader right in the middle of turns three and four, and he will lead the field off of turn four looking for the strike. Ryan Newman, not there yet. They got to get through the trioval. They're crashing further back. Chris Busher's in the wall. He gets airborne, lands on all four. The field steaming to the line, side by side to the checkered flag. Ryan Blaney wins the 1,000 ball. Bulbs.com 500 at Talladega. Ryan Blaney with a move of the ages goes to the inside of Ryan Newman. Ryan Blaney by inches. It's hard to imagine a checkered flag call closer than those, but the race finishes that beat those are wild as well. Talladega claims five of the closest finishes in NASCAR history, and this one is tied for third. Dale Earnhardt beat Ernie Irvin by five thousandths of a second back in 1993. Here comes Mark Martin. He'll try and tuck in right behind Ernie Irvin, but it's going to be Irvin and Earnhardt settling it. Irvin goes to the low side of the racetrack. Earnhardt force high. Here they come to the stripe. It's going to be a dead heat at the line. Earnhardt by about two inches the way we see it, pending the NASCAR final photo finish camera. It looked as though Dale Earnhardt on the outside will win by about two inches, but the race director, David Hoots, has said, let's go to the videotape. Sharing the third spot is the finish at Daytona. Jamie McMurray winning the Pepsi 400 for Jack Roush and beating Kyle Busch when Busch was still with Hendrick. Here's the incredible finish under the lights at Daytona. Kyle Busch trying to do the Daytona double in one day, but Jamie McMurray right there. Nobody giving an inch. Wheel to wheel the final time off turn number four. After 400 miles, it's going to be decided by inches. Here they come. They're crashing in the back of the pack at the line. Jamie McMurray by inches wins it. 
Murray by five one-thousandths of a second wins the Pepsi 400 at Daytona. What a spectacular finish, just five inches. These next two races are tied for first, and there's a reason. The margin of victory for both events was .002 seconds. Jeff Gordon dives to the inside. He's got Mark Martin. Here comes Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Jimmy Jackson. Six Chevrolets to settle it here at Talladega. Gordon to the inside. It is Clint Boyer to the outside for the final time. Boyer trying to hang on to the top spot. RCR trying to make it three in a row here at Talladega Super Speedway. About to be decided. Into the triangle they come. The challenge on down low. Jimmy Johnson pulls out front, but Boyer looks like he held him off. No, they're saying Jimmy Johnson will get the win in the Aaron's 499. Jimmy Johnson getting the win that day over Clint Boyer in a race that had 88 lead changes. Ricky Craven has two NASCAR Cup Series wins, and this spectacular finish was one of them. Physical here at Darlington Raceway like it's supposed to be. Craven has another shot, but only one. The white flag out. This time, Kurt Busch leads by inches back to turn one. The gloves are off. Craven is there, and in turn one, half a car length back. Busch drifts high. Craven unable to make a move. They'll remain single file. Craven now to the inside. Here they come off turn two, racing for the lead and the win. The crowd on the back straightaway is just going delirious. Busch, Craven, nose to tail. Here comes Craven up top. Bush goes up the block. Here comes Craven down to the bottom, trying to hang on. Both cars are loose in four. Craven pours on the steam, pulls to the inside lane. They are dead even coming down to the line. This is going to be close. They lean on one another. Across the line, Ricky Craven gets the win, and they continue the crash headed up into turn one. Craven pounds the wall, bounces off it. Kurt Busch right back at him. Ricky Craven has won the race. The only question now is, will he be able to make it back to victory lane? Will fans get to see another win by inches in 2020? Only time will tell. Coming up, we look back on 20 years ago with Dale Earnhardt's last NASCAR Cup Series win. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Hey, this is Steve Post, the Postman with MRN. You've heard the jingle, I've heard the jingle, and I tried a premium queen MyPillow. I've also tried the mattress topper and bed sheets as well, and I am sleeping like a champion. Right now, go to MyPillow.com, use promo code MRN, and they will take $40 off each pillow. That's down to $29.98, a small price to pay for a great night of sleep. And there's no limit on this offer, so get multiple pillows for yourself and for those you love. They make great Christmas gifts. A good night's sleep makes life simply better, and this is the lowest price ever. Again, go to MyPillow.com, use promo code MRN, or call 800-893-0986. That's MyPillow.com, use promo code MRN, or call 800-893-0986. Don't delay, order now. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to the best of NASCAR Live 2020. It's hard to believe that 20 years ago at Talladega Super Speedway, Dale Earnhardt drove through the field like a rocket and won what would become his final race. Dave Moody sat down with Mike Skinner and Kenny Wallace to discuss that incredible win on that incredible afternoon. Let's flash back now to September 29th. Here they come into the trioval. Kenny Wallace, one final shot at Dale Earnhardt. Behind him, the whole pack steaming for the finish line. Dale Earnhardt wins it. Earnhardt wins the Winston 500. Well, this week marks the 20th anniversary of the final victory in the illustrious career of NASCAR Hall of Famer, the late Dale Earnhardt. He drove to victory lane in the Winston 500 at Talladega, October 15th, 2000. That race 
indelibly burned into the psyches and the memories of anybody who was there as the Intimidator slashed his way forward from 17th place to the checkered flag in the final 10 laps. With a little drafting help from our friend and his, Kenny Wallace, his Richard Childress teammate, Mike Skinner was in the mix that day as well. Both of them are here with us uh, to kind of remember that day. Herman, I want to start with you. Earnhardt, when it was over, gave you all the credit in the world for sticking with him in those final laps. He said without your drafting help, uh, he wasn't going to victory lane. What are your memories of that day? Our memories of that day were, I believe, 10 laps ago, we had a, a caution and I came down pit road and Jimmy Elledge, my crew chief at the time, called for two tires, right sides only. And we had a mistake. And Jimmy said, just come around to the left side. Let's change all four. And when I came off pit road, I knew I was the last car off pit road. And to my surprise, I looked in the mirror and there was Earnhardt behind me. And, then, and I keyed the button to Jimmy Elledge and I said, what happened to Earnhardt? We all knew how big he was, how good he was on the big tracks. But I remember I was calling the backstretch that day for the Motor Racing Network. And I remember with two or three to go being shocked because I, I ran back through the top five and all of a sudden there was Earnhardt and there was Kenny Wallace and they were coming <laughs> like their tails were on fire. And I very clearly remember saying, where in the heck did he come from? And pretty soon everybody had to deal with it. Yeah, I said the same thing. <laughs> Where the heck did he come from? Richard Childress and I are still very good friends. And a uh, year before last, um, we were neighbors in Spruce Creek at the time. I think he sold his house now. But uh, we were sitting on the back porch, and he was saying, you know, all the ones that we let get away or that got away for one reason or another, that one probably got him a little more than any of them because it was purely a, a day that, if anybody else would have passed us for that, Richard probably would have been really mad, except Richard Childress Racing still won the race. So um, I was the same way. I looked up in the mirror and, and, and I'm like, where in the heck did he come from? But that wasn't a big shocker. He was famous for that. Herm, people used to say that Earnhardt could see the air. I mean, we all know that that, that wasn't perfectly true. But yes, he, it was. It, <laughs> he did know where it was, and he did know how to use it to his advantage, didn't he? He did, and I can tell you specifically one moment in that race that shocked me. Uh, first of all, I got to say that when I look back on that, and one thing that I remember just, you know, for a millisecond, I was coming through the trial, and I don't know if, you know, Mike, you had a row on your outside, but we were the outside row. I could remember hearing the, the people cheering, going nuts. I mean, over the race cars. Dale Earnhardt goes powering high to the outside of Mike Skinner. The fans just beside themselves here at Talladega. Mike and Moody at that time, we had what, 200, 250,000 people mm. in the grandstands at that time. But clearly that was a moment coming through the trial. And the other thing, I asked Dale Sr. after the race, we had one more car that we had to get past. So to your point about seeing the air, you know, I remember coming through the travel and we had John Andretti in the 43 car. That was the, the last car we had to get by. And when we got close to Andretti's car, 
it just kind of moved up the trial wall and we just went right by him. And when the race was over, uh, <laughs> I remember, oh, Earnhardt, he had a drink in his hand later that night. And I said, and I looked at him and I said, how did you, how did we get by Andretti? And I, I promise you my hand on a Bible, he never even said a word. He shrugged his shoulders. It, it was almost as of like Earnhardt knew how to position his car on Andretti and it, you know, as Mike can tell you, the, the tribal trioval is not as easy as it looks. There's some seams in the asphalt there that can make the car walk across the track if you're not really on the wheel or you position your car right. But that 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 is when I, I started, okay, Earnhardt may not be able to see there, but he knows how to manipulate the car in front of him. And to this day, Earnhardt just shrugged his, his shoulders. I'm like, how did what happened there how did how did we just get by him yeah i want to ask both of you this kenny we'll start with you as as impressive as that day was none of us knew at the time that it would be his final trip to victory lane and that we would lose him uh at daytona just four months later has his loss herman made that day even more special to you 110 percent accurate so when when that okay the, the race itself stood on its own merit as exciting unbelievable winston 500 you know but you know sadly and i say this with a very somber face is that you know when when it ended up you know when we realized that that would be dale's you know last win of his life uh then that's when people really started ramping up talking about that race would you agree, Mike? My last memory was a little bit different than that, but I think that we look back at that race and it was classic Dale Sr. Won the race with a fifth or sixth place car. I mean, how many times in that guy's career did we see that happen? Uh, we had a joke at RCR and Larry McReynolds called, uh, Larry and I called that team the mattress truck because they could fall out of the sky from 40,000 feet and a mattress truck would drive underneath them. So we always thought they were lucky, but they wasn't, they, they made their luck. They prepared for it. And he was the best out there at making the situation happen in his favor. So he was just tough, man. The guy was, a, you know, you, you look at guys like that and, and, you know, you go back and look at the Tim Richmonds of the world and, and the, and the Richard Petties and the Bobby Allisons and David, and I could go on and on. These guys were men. I mean, holy smokes, they could, they really, really had a lot of grit and they had a lot of want to. And I think the want to carried Dale Sr., uh, his, his career a lot further than everybody else. Folks, that's going to put a wrap on the best of NASCAR Live 2020. Thanks to all the voices throughout the year, including Denny Hamlin, Ryan Newman, Jimmy Johnson, Mike Skinner, Kenny Wallace, and a whole lot more. For the rest of the MRN crew, I'm Mike Bagley. We thank you for joining us this week as well. We'll chat with you again next time right here on NASCAR Live. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina, and was brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our strength, and by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Henrian, Julian Council, and Rich Colbra. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. 
Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. 